Yo, yo, yo! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Heated Rivals Podcast. It's your boy, Sean Robinson, sitting in, as always, with the one and only, Mr. Zach Durkin. What's going on, guys? How's your week been going, Zach? What's been going on? My week's been all right, you know. Watched the Home Run Derby this week, All-Star Game. Shout out to our boy, Pete Alonzo, representing the Mets. Posting a crazy home run derby. I mean, it was insane. Yeah, 35 home runs in that first round. Um, I actually put a little bit of a wager on the home run derby the other day. And uh, my pick was actually Juan Soto. Him and Shohei going head-to-head in that, uh, I think it was their the second, actually their first round matchup, I believe it was. It was their first round, yeah. Um, you know, ultimately ending uh, in a swing-off. Juan Soto just putting up a complete show with, uh, I think he went three for three on his last three swings. Uh, and Shohei just couldn't keep up. So it was a shame to see him go out, but Pete Alonso is fucking Mr. Home Run Derby himself, bro. Yeah, I don't see him not doing the Home Run Derby for a couple years until someone beats him. But Fernando Tatis did say that he wanted to face off against him, but we'll see how that goes next year. That'd be very cool to see them play against one another. And speaking of those All-Stars, the All-Star game last night, um, American League ended up winning 5-2. to uh, Overall, it was a really kind of boring game kind of really disappointing especially for it being all the way in colorado you you hoped to see a little bit more fireworks i mean the game started off big with a vladdy jr home run yeah he hit a shot but that was pretty much it after that i think i think somebody else hit a home run i can't remember who i think jt real muto ended up hitting one for the nl but i think there was somebody else who homered for the american league but it's escaping me right now but uh so overall it was a pretty boring all-star game Home Run Derby was definitely the highlight of this last couple of days, um, but we're not here to talk about baseball today, Zach. Nope. We're we back to bring you guys another episode of the Heated Rivals Top 10. It's a Heated Rivals Top 10 list. And for this week, we're going to be covering cornerbacks. Let me put it to you this way, guys. Successful NFL teams have good cornerbacks. Take it from somebody who watched the Dallas Cowboys secondary attempt to play football last year. That was pretty bad. You need good cornerbacks in today's NFL. Um, even going as far back as, I mean, you've always needed good cornerbacks to thrive in the NFL. Uh, you know, you had guys like Revis, Champ Bailey, Deion Sanders, and even as recently as Richard Sherman. Um, I know he's in the news now for some pretty troubling things uh burglary domestic violence to be exact and according to a source he was subdued by a dog but his wife later came out and made a statement saying that no one was injured in the incident but that's neither here nor there something happened and they denied his bail so anyway you look at all those teams that those guys played on they experienced some level of success i guess the jets not as much but they had two years with some dominant cornerback play from antonio cromartie and darrell Rivas. at the end of the day those guys were key parts of the defense on their teams and what's the old cliche in football defense wins championships so with that being said we're actually going to get into another one of our heated rivals top 10 lists and this week we are going to be covering cornerbacks now, what makes a good cornerback? To be honest, I think cornerback is one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL. I mean, think about it. 
you got a guy about 6'3 average, runs about a 4'5", 4'440", with crazy athletic ability, and you have to stop him. Most of the time, you're undersized against him, but you, you don't know what he's doing. You don't know if he's going to run right past you. You don't know if he's going to cut back. You don't know if he's going to block you. You don't know what he's going to do. So I think that being a corner, I mean, there's little things that can help you, but it's a guessing game. It's tough to play corner at times. Playing cornerback in the NFL, you have to not only be probably the most athletic person on the field, you also have to be the smartest person on the field because offenses nowadays are designed to take you out of the play specifically. How can we get the most separation uh, away from these cornerbacks and how can we scheme that so these cornerbacks are lost? To be a successful corner in the NFL today, I feel like you need to have speed. You need to be physical, you need to be smart, and I think more importantly than some people think, you need to be mentally tough. Because wide receivers and corners, both of them being the biggest divas in the league or the biggest shit talkers, probably. Yes, sir. So you got to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. Yes, sir. I was just about to say, having that swag as a corner helps you out tremendously. And um, some of the guys we have on our list, they exude swag. Yeah, they... <laughs> They will go at you. They don't need you to go at them. So, just for clarification purposes, if people weren't clear uh, with our guidelines for this, uh, for these lists, these are solely the guys we would want for this upcoming 2021 NFL season. This is not necessarily a best player ranking or like a fantasy ranking. Um, we're taking in to account their situations, the schemes that they play in, um, the players playing around them, so and their defensive coordinators. I guess that kind of scheme and it coincides, but it's not, it's its own thing. It's its own thing, I guess you could say. But all those things are getting taken into account. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it with my number ten cornerback for the 2021 NFL season, and that's going to be a guy who most of you guys probably are not paying attention to, but. For someone who was the number two corner on the best defense in the NFL last year, people are going to have to start recognizing who this guy is. Uh, an undrafted free agent out of UAB, Darius Williams. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Not a lot of good, not a lot of people. I'm probably going to get some hate and some pushback for that. But when you're opposite Jalen Ramsey and you got to deal with everybody else's second best receiver, and for you to not only hold your own weight, but Excel, I think. You're I mean, seeing the number one as well, trying to get the number one receiver away from Jalen Ramsey. So Exactly. It proves something if you have a really good season as a number two. Too. This guy, Darius Williams, had an 81.5 coverage grade last year. It's not bad. That's pretty That's pretty good. That's actually a borderline elite. Um, five interceptions, 11 pass breakups, and a 55.4 passer rating against. What does that tell you, Zach? That people don't want to throw to him. You're 100% right, Zach. And honestly, I'm not really sure why teams tried to throw on this secondary last year because they almost had three all-pros in that secondary last year with um, Jalen Ramsey, John Johnson, Troy Hill. I know they're not there anymore, but they were scary last year. And Darius Williams was just like the icing on the cake for a really good defense last year. Yeah, for teams playing the Rams, you can really pick your poison. You could try to go after their elite secondary, or you can try to run on Aaron Donald. So it's your choice. Good luck. So I guess that brings me to my number 10 guy, which is somewhat of a surprise to some because he is a division rival. 
William Jackson III. Coming from Cincinnati last year, he posted a 72.4 coverage grade and allowed about a 52.1% completion to targets ratio, which isn't bad. It's a little more than half. Um, he had five pass breakups, only one interception, which tells you something. Interceptions for corners, they're kind of misleading because you can see one interception and say, oh, he had a bad year. Exactly. But how often are they really throwing to you to so, get those interceptions? So maybe it was that one time that you, you know, that the cornerback didn't just break up the pass and actually turn around and intercepted the pass. So yeah, you're right. Interceptions are a bit of a misleading stat. Exactly. And the only thing I would say that's not the greatest stat, but it happened was an 86.1 passer rating allowed against. So he's kind of middle of the pack there, but he was really effective last year. He was. And when you add that to a Washington football team who has a great front seven, who's just going to get pressure on quarterbacks compared to the Cincinnati Bengals who really didn't do it as good as the Washington football team oh, in that category. Oh, they had zero pass rush compared to the Washington football team. So you'd expect that number to jump up and you expect his effectiveness to skyrocket with a pretty young, decent secondary in Washington. Well, he's going to have his work cut out for him because the NFC East, if it's devoid of talent in all the other positions on the football field, the one position it's not devoid of talent of is wide receiver. There is an abundance of very, very good to borderline elite wide receiver talent in this division. So, um, good luck to William Jackson the third. Yeah, good luck, sir. So, my number nine guy, uh, a guy that you know by all accounts had a down year last year, uh, up by his standards, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Typically, we see Marshawn Lattimore up anywhere in the top five when you're ranking cornerbacks in the NFL, but. To say that he had a bad year last year would be kind of an understatement. And his stats weren't all that bad. Um, his coverage grade wasn't that great, you know, 59.7 coverage grade. Um, but the stat that really kind of troubled me, it's actually two stats, was his 103.1 passer rating against and 11 penalties last year, dude. 11. You can't have 11 penalties and be regarded as one of the elite corners in the league. That's not good. That means, well, at least what that means to me is that you're panicking in coverage. Like, you're not sure of your technique and you start to get a little grabby or, you know, you panic when the ball's in the air. And that's something we just hadn't seen from Marshawn um, throughout the course of his career. You know, like I said, this guy in his rookie year, posted one of the most elite grades from a cornerback, a rookie cornerback that we've seen in a long time. Uh, I believe he was like somewhere almost at 90. Um, and each year you've seen it go down steadily and steadily. Uh, so for him to jump back into the top five of uh, my top 10, he's going to have to cut down on the penalties a little bit and get back to that elite form that he once had. Yeah, I mean, the... He's going to have every opportunity to do it because that defense in New Orleans is pretty good. Um, they got a good pass rush now. Their linebackers are really good, and their secondary has always been pretty solid. The one problem I can see the Saints having is their offense, and the bad offense means that the defense is on the field more. So we'll see how those numbers look by the end of the year. My number nine guy is... Stefan Gilmore. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, he didn't have the best season by any means. It was actually pretty abysmal, if you ask me. But I think there were a lot of factors that played into it. I mean, he won Defensive Player of the Year. 
last year. So, I mean... Well, 2019. 2019, well, yeah, so... He was injured most of the year. What, five games? I believe so. But, like five or six games. He was injured five or six games. He's getting up there in age, but he was the only player on that defense. I mean, you had J.C. Jackson, who was a good corner, but they really loaded up the defense in the offseason this year through free agency. So we'll see if the extra additions help him as a corner. You know, some pass rush with Matt Judon. Dante Hightower coming back from COVID, kind of solidifying that quarterback on defense role. So you'd definitely love to see an improvement from his 96.7 passer rating that he allowed. I mean, I, I still hold him in the high regard because he was a former defensive player of the year. I have a bombshell to drop. Not only is Stephon Gilmore not on my list, he's not even the best cornerback on his own team. And that's going to lead me to my number eight guy for my top 10. And that's going to be JC Jackson. For those of you who are not familiar with JC Jackson, y'all better get familiar with JC Jackson because this man is a baller. 62.7 passer rating against last year, second in the league with nine interceptions, and that's only on 707 snaps last year. Only. It sounds like a lot, but I, it's, it's not. It's really not. A lot of these guys, a lot of these top corners, they're anywhere in between like 800 to 950 snaps played. So JC did this primarily coming off the bench, you would have to assume. And just to add to his nine picks from this year, he actually is second in the NFL with 17 since 2018. It's pretty damn impressive if you ask me. Yeah, he's second to another guy on my list, but... We'll get to that later. But it's funny you should mention interceptions since 2018 because my number eight guy is fourth in the league with interceptions since then. And that's Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters is a little bit of the on the un- undersized category, but the dude is feisty. Like I just said, he had fourth most interceptions since 2018, so that's got to count for something. He allows an 88.1 passer rating. He had four interceptions last year, 49 tackles, so he's not scared to kind of dive Stick his in. nose in there, yeah. Exactly. Um, five pass breakups, and opposite Marlon Humphrey, he's kind of proven to be one of the better corners in the league throughout the last couple of years. You know what he is? He's a good balance to what Marlon Humphrey does. Marlon Humphrey, I mean, we'll, I'll get into him on my rankings a little bit later, but Marlon Humphrey is probably the most solid all-around corner in the NFL. And for a guy like Mar- uh, Marcus Peters, who's, um, you know, will take some risks. He's an I, aggressive corner. Yeah, I, I think that's putting it nicely. You know, we'll get burned every now and again. Um, I think to have a guy like Marlon Humphrey on the other side to kind of balance things out for that Baltimore defense... It can kind of allow Marcus to play his game. Exactly. And when Marcus plays his game, you get a good Marcus Peters. And we can see what happens when he kind of gets in his head and kind of freaks out. He tends to let up some big plays. But overall and throughout his career, Marcus Peters has always been a solid corner. For my number seven cornerback for the 2021 NFL season, uh, is going to be a guy who, another one of these guys who, you know, In another year, if you asked me if he was in the top five, I would have put him in the top five, but kind of had a bit of a down year last year. Um, His defense that he played on actually played pretty well, all things considering that he didn't play all that great. But Tredavious White, uh, cornerback for the Buffalo Bills, not the greatest season in the world again, but I'm going to go based off track record because this guy throughout his career has been flat out dominant. 
You're talking a guy who posted a passer rating back in 2019 of 46.3. And then in 2018, it was 75.6. And then his rookie year, it was 67.3. So to see that jump up all the way to 91.7 in 20 was a little worrisome. But like I said, I got to go based off track record with this guy. Um, the Buffalo Bills defense is always good. Um, you know, they did some things to maybe even help him out by uh, drafting a couple guys to bolster the pass rush. You know, a good pass rush always helps out a secondary that uh, might be struggling a little bit. So I am looking for him to bounce back this year. And that's mainly why I'm keeping him at seven. Yeah, I have Trey White a little higher. I have him at six on my list, but... My number seven guy is going to be young man out of Cleveland, Mr. Denzel Ward. Ooh, that's funny. You know what? I actually have Denzel Ward six, so this is perfect. We can talk about Denzel Ward together. Yeah, so Denzel Ward, 74.6 coverage grade. He had a 55% completion to target ratio, two interceptions, and 86.6 passer rating allowed. By the way, everybody, the average NFL passer rating allowed for the last season was 93.1, so a lot of these guys are posting averages that are under that like substantially under it too which is you know that's what makes them the elite of the elite but anyway back to Denzel Ward he had 10 pass breakups so he's in the on the ball at all times he's at the point of attack all the time I know he let up a couple of big plays last year and that's kind of what everybody looks at but for a Cleveland defense that really is I believe gonna take an even bigger turn or take an even bigger leap than they already did last year Denzel Ward is a great player Denzel Ward is sticky in coverage. He's always looking for the football, which is great. And he's a willing tackler. There was one play in particular where I'm pretty sure he kind of like slide canceled under the lead blocker and made a tackle on the backfield. So dude's kind of cheeky too. Shout out to all of our uh, COD players out there. I know you guys just got a kick out of that. But yeah, like you said, it's always great to see cornerbacks willing to stick their nose where the football is because lord knows a lot of these cornerbacks they're not they don't like to tackle you know what i mean yeah going back to that whole diva comment you know these guys they'd much rather jump in the air and tap the ball out of the sky as opposed to uh having to meet you know ezekiel elliott on the edge as ezekiel elliott fans do know tapping the ball out of his hands last season was not that hard to do but you said Denzel Ward was your number six guy. My number six guy was Trey White. I'm just going to add a little stat for Trey White before we continue. 17.1% of the snaps that he was a part of, it was a pass breakup or an interception. So it's a pretty fair amount for an entire defense. A quarter of the time, pretty much almost a quarter of the time he's on the field, he's making an impact, which, you know, for one guy to solely be responsible for that many plays on your, on your defense, that's really impressive. Yeah. So... Now it's time to get into the nitty-gritty of this list, uh, the top five. Uh, so, Zach, my top five and your top five, again, have the same five names, just all in completely different order. I mean, that's kind of the common theme here with the NFL. You have your top five guys, and then everyone else is you know, subject to opinion. But, yeah, I mean, who's your number five guy? My number five guy is... Uh, I'm going to be giving some love to your New York Giants. And without this guy last year, I don't know if the Giants defense takes the step that you saw them take last year. And that's James Bradbury. Okay. Um, I imagine you actually have James Bradbury a little higher on your list than I do. Well, as a New York Giants homer, I would have to agree with you. I have him one spot higher at four. So 
Let me let me hear why you have him at five. Okay. Well, James Bradbury probably Dave Gettleman's best free agent signing, and actually, I think wasn't this a guy that Dave Gettleman drafted in Carolina? Yep. Played Carolina for a couple of years before ultimately getting um, to test free agency and become a New York Giant. So this is Dave Gettleman's guy. And for all that money that they sank into him, he's been worth every single penny and then some for the Giants. He's really been able to come in and solidify that number one corner role that uh, the Giants really haven't had for quite a while now. If you can even say that, I mean, Jason Seahorn was the last really good corner that they had, and that's kind of saying something considering that was the mid-2000s. Um, but no, I think James Bradbury has kind of really taken over as one of the top five best corners in the league. He had 14 pass breakups last year, which is not something to scoff at. And like you said, he played well against number one receivers. He got a lot of training in the NFC South facing Julio Jones twice a year. Mike Michael Evans. Thomas twice a year, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin twice a year. So coming into the season, we kind of expected that. And he actually posted some of his best numbers against number one receivers. Um, my number five receiver that I ranked last week, Allen Robinson, only had one catch on six targets for 13 yards. And one of those targets was an interception. And just some other notable games that he had that year was against DeAndre Hopkins, where he had his second best game, second to the Bears game, where he had him for two catches and 23 yards. But against your boy, Amari Cooper, over the course of two games, he allowed only four catches for 25 yards. We all know that Amari has a propensity to uh, sometimes disappear in games, and I think uh, James Bradbury had a lot to do with that this year. So anyway, I'm going to get into my number four ranked cornerback on my list. Um, it's a guy that me and you had both previously mentioned, and a guy that I refer to as probably the most all-around corner in the league and that's Marlon Humphrey and you want to talk about a guy who does a little bit of everything look no further than Marlon Humphrey if I'm being completely honest with you Marlon Humphrey is outstanding in coverage he's versatile you can line him up in the slot outside you I believe even sometimes they throw him at safety they too. could but where I really 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 can appreciate Marlon Humphrey's game as a corner is his willingness to tackle that man that's your caveat is a dog he led or was like top three amongst all cornerbacks and tackles i believe he had like 76 tackles last year the dude gets dirty and not only that he gets sacks too man he had three sacks last year and for a cornerback that's really good that's really good for a cornerback to have three sacks so when they're sending him on blitzes he's getting home and you love that out of a corner. Um, like we said, just the versatility of this guy, um, the way him and Marcus Peters play off each other, um, it's it's the perfect balance for that Baltimore defense. Yeah, I have Marlon Humphrey ranked fifth on my list just because, like you said, he's a good tackler, but I would like to see him improve in the coverage game as well. Not saying he's bad, but there's always room for improvement. No, definitely. No, um, you know, he only posted a 77.7 grade um, in coverage, but like you said, there's always room for improvement, and he's young still. I believe he's only, what, 25 years old? So he's got a long way to go. He's got a long time in this league to grow and blossom into an even better player than he already is. Yeah, so getting into our top three guys, I mean, Sean and I both have the same three guys, just in a different order, so we're just going to talk about them as a whole while giving our order for them. So I'll actually start. Um, for number three, I put Jair Alexander. 
I know, I know, some of you are probably like, Sean, what the fuck are you doing? Jair Alexander clearly was the best graded cornerback last year. I hear you. Um, I don't want to say I put a lot of stock into interceptions because my number one guy, you know, led the league in interceptions, but I want to see some turnovers too. I get it. Uh, Corners are, if their interception stats are not high, I guess that's still a good thing. But there was only one from Jair last year. You know, he still posted a, a really elite coverage grade of 90.6, uh, 35 receptions on 69 targets, LOL. Um, just, I guess it's preference at this point. I would just prefer um, my top two guys over him. But either way, you slice it, Jair Alexander, a top three corner in this league. Yeah, I actually have Jair Alexander number two on my list. He's still only allowed a 68.3 passer rating, and this is actually a very crazy stat. Jair Alexander only allowed 353 yards all regular season last year. That's impressive. So, if you do the math on that, it's a little over 20 yards a game. Wow. I mean, he really does make a good case for being put number one, but... These three guys are very interchangeable, so... Don't crucify us here, okay? This is just an opinion-based podcast. Yeah, no. Um, but I rank Xavier Howard number three. I mean, some could say it's the system that he plays in. That's the reason he's getting all these turnovers and all this look. But like you said, the numbers speak for themselves. He has 10 interceptions and 89.6 coverage grade. So the guy's killing it over there. And remember how we said JC Jackson was second since 2018 in interceptions? Well, the guy he's behind on that list is Xavier Howard. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I still have two more guys to go. So let me get into my number two guy. Uh, my number two guy on my list is Jalen Ramsey. Really doesn't need too much of an explanation there. Jalen Ramsey is the alpha male at the cornerback position in the NFL. For those of you who coach or who have young kids who maybe want to be corners, watch Jalen Ramsey. This man literally does everything darn near perfect plus he's basically the perfect build he's big framed fast physical everything you'd love to see out of a cornerback that's why i have him ranked number one the dude had eight pass breakups last year only an 80.3 coverage grade but i think he's gonna have a much better season this year i mean i think the rams offense is gonna be a lot better now let me explain how that works the rams offense being on the field less means that Jalen Ramsey's exposed to more opportunities for the opposing offense to score and put up numbers on him. But being as though I think Matt Stafford is going to bring a new element to that offense, going to make him a little more explosive, a little better, I think he's going to be on the field a lot less, which means the chances that he is going to have are going to carry a lot more weight. And his numbers might actually go down in some categories, but that's what you want as a cornerback. As a defensive player in total, you don't really want your name to be on the stat sheet at all, meaning you did your job for the day. But the dude can also tackle. I mean, he only had 39 solo tackles, but when he hit you, you remembered it. You you fucking remember it. I know he had one big play. I think it was against the Giants. He was on Golden Tate. They tried to do a little swing pass, and he just perfect form tackle, put his shoulder into his chest, and kind of picked him up and spine busted his ass. And that was what the whole big dispute going on with Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate's sister, but I'm not getting into that. But either way, Jalen Ramsey is a dog. And even though he's a dog... He's not my number one corner for the 2021 NFL season. We just mentioned this guy. My number one corner is going to be Xavier Howard. When you take the ball away at the rate that he does, I can't overlook that. 
You know what I mean? Like we said, 18 interceptions over the last three seasons and 10 in this previous season. That's got to count for something, dude. I know he was hurt a little bit in 2019, but even in 2018, he posted a ridiculous stat line. A 75.3 coverage grade, 62.6 passer rating against, seven interceptions. Um, like we said, he got hurt in 2019, so that year was kind of a wash for him, but to make the jump in that 2020 season from seven interceptions to 10, he pretty much improved across the board. Um, 86 uh, 89.6 coverage grade in 2020, 10 interceptions, eight pass breakups. The man is just always around the football. Not to mention, like we said earlier, a 53 passer rating. Yeah, so that's why he's my number one corner for this year. Uh, I love a corner who's always around the football. You know, he's still he's a willing tackler too, 49 tackles. That's nothing to scoff at. Um, definitely not the best part of his game, but something that should still be appreciated. Right. I don't think you can go wrong with saying any of these top three are number one, but there's no reason for anyone to think that Xavier Howard isn't a number one corner in the league. Yeah, 100%. So, that actually completes me and Zach's top 10 corners for the 2021 NFL season. And just to give a little recap of our top 10s, I have at number 10, Darius Williams of the Los Angeles Rams. Number nine, I have Marshawn Lattimore from the New Orleans Saints. Number eight, JC Jackson of the New England Patriots. At number seven, I have Trey White from the Buffalo Bills. Six, Denzel Ward of the Cleveland Browns. Number five, James Bradbury of the New York Giants. Number four, Marlon Humphrey from the Baltimore Ravens. Number three, Jair Alexander from the Green Bay Packers. Number two, Jalen Ramsey from the Los Angeles Rams. And number one of the Miami Dolphins, Xavier Howard. And to round out my top 10, at number 10, I have William Jackson III from Washington. I had Stefan Gilmore at number nine from New England. Number eight was Marcus Peters from Baltimore. Seven, Denzel Ward, Cleveland. Six, Trey White out of Buffalo. Number five was Marlon Humphrey from Baltimore. Number four, my boy, New York Giant James Bradbury. Number three, Xavier Howard from Miami. Number two, Jair Alexander from Green Bay, and my number one corner going into the 2021 season, Jalen Ramsey of the Los Angeles Rams. So, hope you guys had some fun. I know me and Zach definitely did. We love doing these lists. Uh, we got a bunch more coming out uh, as the weeks go on. You know, training camp is kicking up in a about a week or two, so we're definitely excited for that. Again, thank you guys for fucking with us and listening to the pod. We appreciate all the feedback you guys have been giving us. And always make sure to smash that like button on Instagram and follow wherever you guys subscribe to your podcast. Apple, Spotify, Anchor FM, wherever. Doesn't matter. Just make sure you're listening. Um, 